Section eight of the Letters of Jane Austen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter seventeen. Steventon, Thursday, November twentieth, eighteen hundred. My dear Cassandra, your letter took me quite by surprise this morning. You are very welcome, however, and I am very much obliged to you. I believe I drank too much wine last night at Hurstbourne. I know not else how to account for the shaking of my hand to-day. You will kindly make allowance, therefore, for any indistinctness of writing, by attributing it to this venial error. Naughty Charles did not come on Tuesday, but good Charles came yesterday morning. About two o'clock he walked in on a Gosport hack. His feeling equal to such a fatigue is a good sign, and his feeling no fatigue in it a better still. He walked down to Dean to dinner. He danced the whole evening, and to-day is no more tired than a gentleman ought to be. Your desiring to hear from me on Sunday will, perhaps, bring you a more particular account of the ball than you may care for, because one is prone to think much more of such things the morning after they happen than when time has entirely driven them out of one's recollection. It was a pleasant evening. Charles found it remarkably so. But I cannot tell why, unless the absence of Miss Terry, towards whom his conscience reproaches him with being now perfectly indifferent, was a relief to him. There were only twelve dances, of which I danced nine, and was merely prevented from dancing the rest by the want of a partner. We began at ten, supped at one, and were at Dean before five. There were but fifty people in the room, very few families indeed from our side of the county, and not many more from the other. My partners were the two St. John's, Hooper, Holder, and a very prodigious Mr. Matthew, with whom I called the last, and whom I liked the best of my little stock. There were very few beauties, and such as there were were not very handsome. Miss Iamonger did not look well, and Mrs. Blount was the only one much admired. She appeared exactly as she did in September, with the same broad face, diamond bandeau, white shoes, pink husband, and fat neck. The two Miss Coxes were there. I traced in one the remains of the vulgar, broad-featured girl who danced at Enham eight years ago. The other is refined into a nice, composed-looking girl, like Catherine Big. I looked at Sir Thomas Champneys and thought of poor Rosalie. I looked at his daughter and thought her a queer animal with a white neck. Mrs. Warren I was constrained to think a very fine young woman, which I much regret. She danced away with great activity. Her husband is ugly enough, uglier even than his cousin John, but he does not look so very old. The Miss Maitlands are both prettyish, very like Anne, with brown skins, large dark eyes, and a good deal of nose. The General has got the gout, and Mrs. Maitland the jaundice. Mr. Barry, Susan, and Sally, all in black but without any statues, made their appearance, and I was as civil to them as circumstances would allow me. Mary said that I looked very well last night. I wore my aunt's gown and handkerchief, and my hair was at least tidy, which was all my ambition. I will now have done with the ball, and I will, moreover, go and dress for dinner. Farewell. Charles sends you his best love, and Edward his worst. If you think the distinction improper, you may take the worst yourself. He will write to you when he gets back to his ship, and in the meantime desires that you will consider me as your affectionate sister, J. A. Friday. I have determined to go on Thursday, but of course not before the post comes in. 
Charles is in very good looks indeed. I had the comfort of finding out the other evening who all the fat girls with long noses were that disturbed me at the first H ball. They all proved to be Miss Atkinson's of N. I rejoice to say that we have just had another letter from our dear Frank. It is to you, very short, written from Larnaca in Cyprus, and so lately as October 2nd. He came from Alexandria, and was to return there in three or four days, knew nothing of his promotion, and does not write above twenty lines, from a doubt of the letters ever reaching you, and an idea of all letters being opened at Vienna. He wrote a few days before to you from Alexandria by the Mercury, sent with dispatches to Lord Keith. Another letter must be owing to us besides this, one if not two, because none of these are to me. Henry comes to-morrow, for one night only. My mother has heard from Mrs. E. Lee. Ladies say and sail, and her daughter are going to remove to Bath. Mrs. Estwick is married again to a Mr. Sloane, a young man under age, without the knowledge of either family. He bears a good character, however. Letter 18 Steventon, Saturday, January 3rd, 1801 My dear Cassandra, As you have by this time received my last letter, it is fit that I should begin another, and I begin with the hope, which is at present uppermost in my mind, that you often wore a white gown in the morning at the time of all the gay parties being with you. Our visit at Ash Park last Wednesday went off in a commissar way. We met Mr. Lefroy and Tom Shute, played at cards, and came home again. James and Mary dined here on the following day, and at night Henry set off in the mail for London. He was as agreeable as ever during his visit, and has not lost anything in Miss Lloyd's estimation. Yesterday we were quite alone, only our four selves, but to-day the scene is agreeably varied by Mary's driving Martha to Basingstoke, and Martha's afterwards dining at Dean. My mother looks forward with as much certainty as you can do to our keeping two maids. My father is the only one not in the secret. We plan having a steady cook and a young giddy housemaid, with a sedate middle-aged man, who is to undertake the double office of husband to the former and sweetheart to the latter. No children, of course, to be allowed on either side. You feel more for John Bond than John Bond deserves. I am sorry to lower his character, but he is not ashamed to own himself that he has no doubt at all of getting a good place, and that he had even an offer many years ago from a farmer Payne of taking him into his service whenever he might quit my father's. There are three parts of Bath which we have thought of as likely to have the houses in them, Westgate Buildings, Charles Street, and some of the short streets leading from Laura Place or Pulteney Street. Westgate Buildings, though quite in the lower part of the town, are not badly situated themselves. The street is broad, and has rather a good appearance. Charles Street, however, I think is preferable. The buildings are new, and its nearness to Kingsmead Field would be a pleasant circumstance. Perhaps you may remember— or perhaps you may forget, that Charles Street leads from the Queen Square Chapel to the two Green Park streets. The houses in the streets near Laura Place I should expect to be above our price. Gay Street would be too high, except only the lower house on the left-hand side as you ascend. Towards that my mother has no disinclination. It used to be lower rented than any other house in the row, from some inferiority in the apartments. But above all others, her wishes are at present fixed on the corner-house in Chapel Row, which opens into Prince's Street. Her knowledge of it, however, is confined only to the outside, and therefore she is equally uncertain of its being really desirable as of its being to be had. In the meantime, she assures you she will do everything in her power to avoid Trim Street, 
although you have not expressed the fearful presentiment of it which was rather expected. We know that Mrs. Perrault will want to get us into Oxford buildings, but we all unite in particular dislike of that part of the town, and therefore hope to escape. Upon all these different situations you and Edward may confer together, and your opinion of each will be expected with eagerness. As to our pictures, the battle-piece, Mr. Nibbs, Sir William East, and all the old heterogeneous miscellany, manuscript, scriptural pieces dispersed over the house, are to be given to James. Your own drawings will not cease to be your own, and two paintings on tin will be at your disposal. My mother says that the French agricultural prints in the best bedroom were given by Edward to his two sisters. Do you or he know anything about it? She has written to my aunt, and we are all impatient for the answer. I do not know how to give up the idea of our both going to Paragon in May. Your going I consider as indispensably necessary, and I shall not like being left behind. There is no place here or hereabouts that I shall want to be staying at, and though to be sure the keep of two will be more than one, I will endeavour to make the difference less by disordering my stomach with bath buns, and as to the trouble of accommodating us, whether there are one or two, it is much the same. According to the first plan, my mother and our two selves are to travel down together, and my father follow us afterwards, in about a fortnight or three weeks. We have promised to spend a couple of days at Ibthorpe in our way. We must all meet at Bath, you know, before we set out for the sea, and everything considered, I think the first plan as good as any. My father and mother, wisely aware of the difficulty of finding in all Bath such a bed as their own, have resolved on taking it with them. All the beds, indeed, that we shall want are to be removed, namely, besides theirs, our own two, the best for a spare one, and two for servants, and these necessary articles will probably be the only material ones that it would answer to send down. I do not think it will be worth while to remove any of our chests of drawers, we shall be able to get some of a much more commodious sort, made of deal, and painted to look very neat, and I flatter myself that for little comforts of all kinds our apartment will be one of the most complete things of the sort all over Bath, Bristol included. We have thought at times of removing the sideboard, or a Pembroke table, or some other piece of furniture, but upon the whole it has ended in thinking that the trouble and risk of the removal would be more than the advantage of having them at a place where everything may be purchased. Pray, send your opinion. Martha has as good as promised to come to us again in March. Her spirits are better than they were. My mother bargains for having no trouble at all in furnishing our house in Bath, and I am engaged for your willingly undertaking to do at all. I get more and more reconciled to the idea of our removal. We have lived long enough in this neighbourhood. The Basingstoke balls are certainly on the decline. There is something very interesting in the bustle of going away, and the prospect of spending future summers by the sea, or in Wales, is very delightful. For a time we shall now possess many of the advantages which I have often thought of with envy in the wives of sailors or soldiers. It must not be generally known, however, that I am not sacrificing a great deal in quitting the country, or I can expect to inspire no tenderness, no interest in those we leave behind. Yours affectionately, J. A. End of section 8